Lamentations chapter 1 verse 18. The Lord is righteous, yet I rebelled against his command. It really takes a mature, sanctified Christ follower to say these words that the writer of Lamentations says. The Lord is righteous, yet I rebelled against his commands. I'm reminded of that scene uh, with um, Samuel, where Samuel is a, a little boy in the temple. And Eli, you know, gets a, um, a, a harsh word from God through Samuel. Samuel comes to Eli and says, you are corrupt and your sons are corrupt. You know, that's the, that's the harsh rebuke that God sent through young Samuel. And Eli's response is really amazing because instead of saying, no, God, you've got it wrong. Eli says, yeah, do according to what you think is right. And he knew that he was in for the consequences of all of his sins often because of the nature of the human heart, because of sin, when we get corrected, when we get rebuked by God, we rebel even further. But the scriptures point us to a a, um, sort of a sanctified state where we say, okay, Lord, I trust you. You are righteous. You are righteous. I'm the one who rebels against your command. Please draw me in by your grace. Correct me. Teach me the better way. I want to follow you because you are righteous. Funny, you you kind of end that with uh, the Lord is righteous, and and this is what I wrote, which is starts with that, mm-hmm. the Lord is righteous, I am not righteous. But yep. when I unleash the inclinations of my rebellious heart, I uh, appropriate a righteousness, all of my uh, all of my own invention, yeah. which in reality is nothing more than a minor reenactment of the original cosmic rebellion that took mm-hmm. place in heaven. And later on earth, mm-hmm. in heaven, it's uh, uh, recounted in Revelations 12, and on earth, of course, in Genesis 3. Um, I read today, uh, and this is something very different than I, when I'm thinking of Adam and Eve and, and the Garden of Eden. Uh, a pastor read a very tough piece on basically the cultural condition of America, and I, I read it this morning. And my view of Adam was kind of a, kind of very superficial, but he says that Adam was a warrior. He was designed as a warrior, hmm. and the man is, ta- ta- uh, is the the pastor who wrote this piece is talking about what has happened to men in America, mm, right. because they've kind of. And he's talking about something that happened down in Texas where, you know, all these children were shot and the police wouldn't go in for an hour. Right. Yeah, I read that piece. Uh, what happened mm-hmm. to the idea that of danger? Are we, are we so allergic to danger that we won't actually save children from being shot and killed? Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's shocking. But I, I never thought of Adam as a warrior. Hmm. And the design of men, not all men, but men, is that when the chips are down, when the Titanic is sinking, you make room for the women and the children in the lifeboat, mm-hmm. and you pray. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that, that, that ethic or whatever it is in our culture seems to have been diminished a lot. Mm-hmm. I've made this observation recently. I've just been noticing how many of our prayers, and by our, I just mean Christians in general, 
we pray so often for safety and for comfort. Lord, keep us safe. You know, when we send our kids off to a mission trip, oh, keep them safe, keep them safe, keep them safe. And we're constantly praying for safety. I get the feeling that like an Old Testament person, if they had a time machine and they traveled to our, our time now and they heard us pray, I think they might be surprised with how much we pray for safety. Because as you're pointing out, there are battles out there that need fighting. And there are challenges that need us that need us to rise up for. And if all we're praying for is safety and comfort, we're not going to face those challenges. Those Never. policemen and women who went into that school in Texas that you mentioned, they were they they should not have been asking for personal safety in that moment. They should have been sacrificing themselves for the sake of others. And that's the Christ-like warrior posture is to lay down one's life for the sake of others. And I think you're right when we when we remove the God of the Bible and his ethos from our culture, then everyone's just going to be in self-protection mode all the time. And there will be no warriors. And it's a pretty sad state to live in. So we, all the more, we need to keep teaching the Bible, teaching the way of Christ, the way of God. And hopefully more and more people catch on and um, we kind of regain our, our ethics once again, our, our Christ-like ethics. My last thing on that is it's up to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, sh- I mean, we are privileged people in so many different ways and, and life has showered all kinds of, um, good things on us, but that does not take us out of the line of fire. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, you know, I, I say that with trepidation Yeah. because who wants to be in the line of fire, but at some point you're going to be called to that place. And for mm-hmm. Christians, in general, I think that this is a crisis within the church mm. uh, because we just can't sit there uh, and be targets. So, you know, it, it's a bigger subject. I hope we do come back to it from time to mm-hmm. time, but yeah, uh, it's an important part of what's going on right now, which you you have, you know, what this passage and what this discussion is really uh, dealing with. 